Uh, welcome to this episode of Flight Pass. I'm here with Kerry, and it's been a month since we did an On the yep. T-Pad. And while you remember what you've been doing for the past month, except from coughing up a lung, <laughs> um, we're, I'll, I'll quickly update mine. Kamloops Disc Golf Club has been working on Rose Hill, and we've been playing match play for a month there now. And I know we've already talked about this, but I lost my first two games, seven and six, um, got dem demolished. And I, and I thought when you told me you were six down, I was all like, yeah. Uh, no, I was six okay, No, it's down. match play, Carrie. <laughs> um, not six under par. Yeah, just terrible. And it's like you go out there one day and you think, and I actually thrown my best ever round the day before the first one at Rose Hill. I just, you know, I went one under par for, for Rose Hill for the first awesome. time. So you go out there with full of confidence and I couldn't keep the nose down. And Dan Coombs, who is the owner of our um, sponsor, Okanagan Disc Supply, just massacred me seven and six. He was six up after, I don't know, seven holes. Oh, wow. So, and, you know, he's one of those yardsticks to see how far I've improved, but he's improved incredibly this year, I think. And I think he would admit it. He's he's throwing well. He's throwing lines. He was distance. Um so I was hoping that, you know, I was in with a chance, but I, I wasn't. And then I played a guy named Cody Hilton and he beat me seven and six. It was, I held on a little bit longer, but I couldn't, you know, pull back enough. Yeah. And then the guy that he played in the first round in the closer game, Chad, I played him. So I'm going, oh, okay. So this is going to be a tough one. It was really windy worse i'd say the wind was as bad if not worse than tco last year oh my gosh and so but i was hitting lines i was throwing darts i used the berg on most things with 150 feet and it just flew straight and but i was two down after three holes and i'm going oh my god here we go again but i'd won six holes back by the 11th or 12th hole so now i'm four up and i got him to door me four and then beat him three and two so but the only thing, bad thing about that is on the 15th hole, I felt, geez, either I'm having a stroke or I've done something to my arm. Oh, no. And so I was kind of reaching up. And so I've done something to the rotator cuff. So I didn't play this week. But that was great to, to actually, I mean, it was windy. Chad was unlucky with his putts. I was hitting good shots. And they were wondering, what the hell, who is this guy? Because after the first two <laughs> weeks, it's like, you know, They'd seen me play. They wondered if I was, you know, some alien or something had taken over my body. But that's basically it. We did a cleanup. Um, they've changed the layout a little bit at yep. Rose. I like it. Yeah. Hole, hole, well, hole number one, I usually hit that alley that's now out of bounds. Yes. So and now I'm. If people are listening to this, will this be out before TCO? Yeah. 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 I, so. Yeah. Hole one has definitely changed. Yeah. So, yeah, that, the alleyway that everyone's looking to hit, not yeah. so much anymore. <laughs> no, there's an out-of-bounds section there. Yep. Uh, so it's out-of-bounds on the right, not what's hazard. And on yeah. the left is hazard number one. Yeah. Number two is the same. Number three, they put the, tea, uh, the, the basket way behind and to the left of where it originally is. So now yeah. you're playing. You've got to get over the gap, gut gully just to make it into a landing section and yes i yeah. like that i like that a lot there's gonna uh, be there's there's another uh next weekend i believe is another cleanup or this weekend 22nd 22nd this so, might not, i don't know whether this will be out before then but there, no, there is another there's gonna be more yeah. changes on the 22nd okay. i believe yeah yeah so there's some they're putting in some mandos to stop the pros just highs are spiking it over the trees yep. um on 10 and 12 so yep. lots of good things i like i like the changes yeah, and we're getting ready. Unfortunately, we won't have our concrete tee pads poured for TCO. Yeah. But the changes that we're making to the course for the concrete tee pads, I believe, are being made in time for TCO. So there will be some tee pad movement. Okay. Um, they move the TCO. Yeah, they move the tee pad on number one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think so... number two, number two is going to move a little bit, and maybe number three. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I think the changes are good. Um, it makes yeah. number one more of a par four than yes. a, a little, you know, a little bit harder to birdie. 
because and it forces you to to use some tools in your bag. You just yeah. can't hyzer bomb it or straight shoot it down the down yeah. the alley. So yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, anything else? Well, yeah, not nothing that I can think of because the past week I, I'm resting it and I'm yep. probably I might go out this weekend. Um, there's a couple of ladies at work, um, a, a young pharmacy um, student, fourth year student. Yeah. Who played ultimate and plays a little bit. So I'm going to cool. take take her out and then another Are lady. You playing in the Colin McKinnon Memorial Doomsday on Sunday? Oh, is it this Sunday? Yeah. Um, when no, is this her no. golf 18 holes? Yeah, I know. Probably not because I don't want to overuse my shoulder. Yeah. Um, so that means that's at Rose, is it? Yeah. So I'll have to go play at Mac on Sunday then. Yeah. Um, but you'll be able ticks to give her a out. report on Ticks her out at both courses. Yeah, I know. Got a tick oh. off my dog. Oh. oh, I took a week's holiday. My dog had to go into the vet. I saw something happen to Leia. Yeah. Um, she was really, really sick. And I had that week off. I hadn't had the week off. She might've died if we hadn't called oh it. Oh my God. In the day. Um, Do you know what happened? It's um, what's it called? Acute hemorrhagic diarrhea syndrome. So basically blood out of the butt and puking and whatever. And is and it something they, they, they catch? Is it like a virus or a. It, it can be bacterial or it can be, there's a number of things. Anyway, we, we caught it in time and oh, she was in the vets two nights on a drip and Aww. yeah, poor puppies. But now she's back barking in her face. So she's excellent. Fine. So she's good. <laughs> yeah. And then when I brought her home from the vet, there was a little flooding in the basement and I had to have a crown on the tooth. So a great week off for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, fun and game. So your last month. Oh. Good Lord. <laughs> Where do I start? So last time we talked, I'd come home from Arizona yeah. and that was great. And um, you were sick. We came home with COVID. We got yeah. really sick. Uh, it was about two and a half weeks, but I played Cobra chicken in that mix. And then um, uh, about a month, well, it was Craig's birthday a month ago and we had his family come up for a weekend and uh, we celebrated. And then my best friend of like 47 years her mom passed away yeah. and she was sick but we didn't expect her to pass that soon and she's an only child and she's by herself um, her dad passed away 18 years ago to the day that her mom passed away wow. and so she phoned me at 7 30 in the morning on tuesday in tears and i was on the plane monday sorry tuesday and then i was on the plane at six o'clock wednesday morning to montreal so I flew out there and I was there eight or nine days, um, helped her out through that first week of craziness when you lose a parent and then came home, was home maybe 18 hours and I was in the car on the way to the Okanagan to go celebrate my 50th birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. And it was epic. It was lots of fun. Got home on the Monday. So like April 3rd, 4th, whatever that is. Um, Last Thursday, I was down at Okanagan Disc Supply and had this little tickle in my throat, kind of like, <clears throat> like felt like I had to clear my throat. And on Sunday, I was in the ER and couldn't breathe and found out I had a lung infection. So it was really rapid and really fast how it happened, hence why I'm so congested. This is the first time I'm able to talk and breathe and hold a conversation since probably last Thursday. Um, so... Yeah, so I've just basically been on really heavy-duty antibiotics and some steroids and an inhaler, um, just trying and resting. I've watched so much Netflix and Disney and, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm craving cable because I'm just about, a, I feel like I've watched the streaming services. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and working on TCO, uh, I'm so grateful. I just need to give these guys a shout-out. The organizing committee, uh, Chad Smoliak, Thomas Griffin, Brett Hanna, Dan Coons, and Zach Bernier. Um, they've had my back through all of this. Like I've, this is my second round of being sick and been on a holiday, flew away to be with my friend um, in this month leading up to uh, TCO. And they stepped up and they've just been absolutely phenomenal. You're only as good as the people you surround yeah. yourself with. That's and, awesome. And they're all good guys. Yeah. They're all great guys. So yeah, TCO is coming in hot and heavy. And on top of that, 
we opened registration for the crush last night. So, um, which is a women's B tier. I'm tournament director for in August here in Kamloops. Yeah. And, oh, something that I was talking about, but I cut out. I have a new job. I was going to say something, but I was like, can you say it yet? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I handed in my notice. Um, We're recording this on a Thursday morning and tomorrow is my last day at um, the pharmacy in Costco. And I totally new career change. I'll be working for the BC government and getting all the government perks. Yeah, you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Congratulations. So, thank you. So I know it's been it's been in the making for a while and since November. We we processing this thought and it's, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So, so start on the twenty fourth, and the great thing is kind of a nine to five job. So I've got the evenings in the summer, weekends off, and even early mornings. Everyone to disc golf. Nice. Weekends off, yeah. That's awesome. And I already, I, and I sent sent. I've already booked these days off. Can I get them off? So I've got the Thursday, Friday before TCO off. Wow. I've got the week before the BC Open off, um, and I've got the weekend of the crush. I took. I think I've got a day or two days before that off. Yay. However, before you cheer that oh. I'm helping, I'm. It's it's my anniversary weekend. Ah, uh, okay. And. So we had planned to go down to Maple Ridge because there's a rock festival on there with all the old April wine and yep. all those kind of 80s. But maybe going to that. If we don't go to that, then I'll, I'll know sooner than later. So I'll be helping out at the crush because that was my original plan, but I didn't realize it was, um, you know, the, the 11th is our anniversary. So if we went yeah. away, I wouldn't be here. But if we just stay in town, then the 12th, 13th, I'll be free to help. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, let's go to the circle or in the circle. Hello, everybody. Today, we're changing it up a little bit. We don't have uh, an MPO or FPO player for you. We have, as we've had in the past, um, a person that works behind the scenes. We have Jackie Morris from Dynamic Discs, who is an events coordinator and community outreach person. Thanks for joining us, Jackie. Thank you for having me. So Explain, if you don't mind, for our listeners, what your role is at Dynamic Discs. Uh, do we have time? Enough time? No. <laughs> um, I am the event coordinator and then community outreach person. So I plan help um, plan all of our large events, like the Dynamic Discs Open, um, Worlds events, different things like that. But I also do B-tiers and fundraisers and then i also help with clinics tours of the distribution center um i've attend i attend booths and classes in town um yeah just if it has to do with disc golf and being engaged with the community my i'm there cool and and sounds like my dream job (laughs) (laughs) you want to be my Come help me out. I need a little help. <laughs> so you started at Dynamic Discs in 2015 and had no history with disc golf before that? Correct. I um, took the job. In my, I was a senior in college, and I just was looking for something else to do. And um, I had friends that worked here, and they were like, yeah, come apply. Come check it out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I started working there and I think within two weeks I um, started playing cool mm-hmm. and do you play continue to play I do play still not as much as I used to when I first started I would like every day at work I was one of those people who close I like start closing as soon as I got to work right <laughs> so I get to work at three so I could leave right at six um and I would leave right at six and just go to Jones West and play a 10 hole loop until the sunset, basically, just like everyone, you know, we get the bug and we want to play every day. And then I started competing and I did that for a little while. Um, I'm not like professionally or anything like that. Um, I, I'm just an advanced player. So intermediate advanced. Um, well, you don't have to say just an advanced player because, you know, <laughs> advanced players are pretty good advanced players matter yeah i'm 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 all right and then i would go to ladies league um you know just do all that and then 
eventually I was playing events like out of town and I got to the point where I was like, you know, they didn't quite think about this or I feel like I would do something a little different. And then the next thing you know, I was running events. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'd say, was it the kind of a, a natural dynamic disc kind of promotion or progression from mm -hmm. working in the retail store to where you are now? Yes. Went from uh, retail associate to customer service representative. I did that for a few years and then I became the retail store manager and was still doing customer service. Did that for a few years. Um, and during that transition, I mean, we were, I think there was like three of us at that time in the company. So I was also doing our warranty claims, um, volunteer coordinator. And then I was also attending trade shows sometimes just to kind of be a filler. And then from retail store manager, I became event coordinator, but I was doing volunteer coordinating since 2016. So I've always been working really closely with Doug and I was, I was always volunteering for stuff too outside. So if he had something going on, he needed extra help. I'd be like, sure. Like I could come help with that. Um, but yeah, just kind of like a natural progression until I got here. Cool. And la last year you were tournament director of worlds is that correct i was the assistant tournament director assistant for worlds, director. but i was the tournament director for the disc golf pro tour dynamic discs open last year cool mm -hmm. and so what's been i mean they're such large events mm -hmm. um before i get into your role how big was the team um for the pro like, event and the worlds um so for like planning purposes, it was, let's say about three to four of us meeting pretty regularly. And then the team for like actual worlds, um, we had probably a team of 10 dynamic discs, people who were like core, core employees doing things. And then of course you had the PDGA and the disc golf tour there as well, kind of taking on different things. Um, but I mean, usually it was just Doug and I actually like planning, reserving, doing, delegating. Um, yeah. And so, a team of volunteers? Oh, gosh. We had probably about 200 volunteers. Wow. There were so many, yeah. so many different things that needed to be done at Worlds. It's a lot when you are using two courses for five days and you've got parking and um, gates spectator badges that need to be scanned then you've got all of the duties on the course like spotting getting people to go this way lifting up gates so people can pass through just like the tiniest the smallest of thing into the largest of things yeah. um and kerry is a tournament director of, of an, have been of a number of tournaments mm -hmm. but um and maybe i'll get her perspective after but what what's the most challenging part is it that organization for it or is it when the event starts and now you're organizing 200 people and the professionals and when the event starts i personally feel like it becomes easier i mean yes you are running around putting out fires and things like that but it's like once it starts it just kind of runs itself people are going to go play and then things are going to happen and maybe yeah. Carrie agrees with that, but before, mm -hmm. yeah, you're just running around trying to make sure everything is exactly where it should be or close enough so you can get going. Yeah, it's, um, I was going to say, I'm sitting here smiling because uh, we've never met, mm -hmm. but when I think Alti World did an article on you when you were the assistant TD for Worlds and you did the DDO, mm -hmm. and I shared that on my personal Facebook page, and I said, when, I'm a, when I grow up, I want to be Jackie Mo. Oh. Because um, it's I've been playing for 23 years now, but mm -hmm. I find more love in the sport when I give back and TD. Yes. So I took on my biggest TD role last year, and I had 300 uh, players from across Canada. And this year, in two weeks, I have 400 coming. And literally, we are a group of five, I think, organizing. Mm -hmm. And um, and just hearing your perspective as a female in the sport 
doing what we do. There's not many of us. Like there's tons of females starting to step up and run leagues and C tiers and global events. But traditionally the role of worlds or large A tiers has always been a male at the helm. Mm -hmm. So when I saw your name come up, I just said to Clive, I said, one of my bucket list guests is to talk to Jackie Mo because it's, I'm just, I'm so um, humbled to be included in this small little nest of women doing crazy huge things for the sport at this level. And um, thank you. Thank you for breaking the barriers and being that like forward facing the face of DD and alongside Doug and doing it because um, it's not easy being a tournament director and you have to have thick skin. And I don't think, I don't think the tradition of men TDing has gone away yet in disc golf. I think it's still people look to a guy to do it. So thank you. I just want to say thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I know it's a behind the scenes thing, but I'm more behind the scenes than I am on the course myself. So I really appreciate the conversation that we're going to have today. Thank you. I appreciate that. It yeah. really, it is a, it's a special place to be behind the, spe- the scenes. Yes, it's a lot of dang work, but yes. it is. And there are women out there like us who need to know that like it's doable. So totally doable. And there's a, a tremendous amount of support from men as well. And I mm-hmm. think that needs that stigma needs to go away too. Like, although men typically are the TDs, there's a lot of men out there that are willing to support a female as a TD. Yes. So, you know, there's always going to be those naysayers and those people that don't like it, but there's a larger group now. It's starting to trend the other way of men that want to support women in that role. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and DD is a perfect example of it. Like having you at the helm and being that face is is amazing because people think DD, they think um, Jeremy Rusko or Doug Bierkis or Eric McCabe, right? They don't. There's not typically a female name until all of a sudden Jackie Mo, and they're like, "Who?" And it's like, "Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah." It's very cool. So yeah, I, I'm excited to be uh, to be having this conversation today. So I'm gonna fangirl a little bit. I know the pros. I don't fangirl that often over pros, but I'm fangirling over the job that you did because I know what it takes. So yeah, yeah. So can you give us examples of uh, maybe a fire you had to put out that was unusual? Oh, dogs being in parks. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing that comes to my mind, I'll never forget the Disc Golf Pro Tour event. And Seth Finley calls me and goes, hey, we got dogs at the park and I was like okay like <laughs> guess I'll take care of that and then the next day he called me he goes hey we got dogs at the park again and I was like oh my goodness <laughs> yeah stuff like that you just don't think about until it's happening you know and stuff like that I don't think people think about either right mm-hmm. like you know we, we don't allow dogs either at our parks and even though the one park is dog friendly normally it's like, we don't need dogs, even with spectators. And people are like, well, my dog's really well behaved. And I'm like, yours and the other 40 that I've said no to, like. <laughs> yes, if you say well, yes to one, you have to do it to that's, all. That's what I that's when people right. ask me about. Like, Can I get a discount on my tournament registration? If I tell you yes, I have to tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then just like other little things that maybe people don't know. I don't know, like a tree falls in the middle of the night and you got to get out there and get it off the course before well, yeah. start. It's pretty crazy because there's all those liability issues and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and and safety. We were talking to two disc golf course designers and the first thing they came, said was the most important thing was safety. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so. Yeah, it's just, you don't think about that. Like I know for myself, I'm at, tournament central at six in the morning even though first tea time is until 7 30 and you know and I'm not getting home till sometimes 11 30 at night and mm-hmm. it's yeah and you know I, and I really try to be patient like a lot of new players like I'm running an A tier so obviously I have like MA3 players mm-hmm. and like you know I'll get emails and be like am I allowed to wear this shirt and um mm-hmm. oh hey could you tell me like is there parking next to the bathroom down from the court? I'm like, wow, <laughs> like they don't understand what we're actually doing. Like it's, you know, 400 people set those same questions. You just be answering ridiculous questions all day. Right. Yes. And yeah. I always, I send really lengthy emails when I, to my players and um, because I try to 
account for any question that might be asked. Like I'm like, yep. here's the open park, here's where the bathrooms are. Um, here's what to bring to have an enjoyable round. And like the what you said about um not knowing what to wear, like I'll include here's the like rule for what you can and can't wear. <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of think about it all. You just we have to teach each other, right? Like absolutely especially those newer players, because yeah, you you want to be transparent and you want them to come back. Um, but an A-tier event, you want it to feel like an A-tier as well. So I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know Kerry, and without being rude, Kerry's got a few years on you um, <laughs> and, and being involved in TDing probably a little bit longer. And I know because she told me that she's had those experiences with, with male disc golf players will come up and say, I want to speak to the TD and they're expecting a male. And mm-hmm. maybe they want to speak to a male. And I've experienced it in my jobs where I've had a, a female colleague being talked to by a customer and until maybe the male manager comes along and says exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't hear it. Um, do you experience that? Um, I do experience it, not always like in the tournament director role. <laughs> I experienced that a lot when I was the store manager because I was so young I was younger too so (laughs) they walk out and I'm like hi (laughs) um yeah I kind of experienced it more I think just if I'm like following a card or something and I'm not actually tournament directing and they ask like a a rules question or something and I'm like oh yeah this is the rule if you want to know and then they'll like ask the other guy or something (laughs) yeah yeah Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad that still that still happens. So but I think it's just sometimes it's a nature thing, you know, like a nature of habit. Um yeah. and the culture too, right? Like the disc the disc golf culture is no different than traditional golf. It's disc mm-hmm. golf culture is definitely men. Like I can't remember the new statistic that came out, but I remember probably about five years ago, the stat was that disc golf, only 7% of uh, people that play are women. It's, I think it's less than, it's like 14%, so less than 15% That's now, crazy. but it's still it's there. Still it's still ridiculous, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you get just the culture that builds around your local club of including women or excluding women. And so, and then those guys tend to want to play tournaments and it's mm-hmm. not natural sometimes for them to have a woman at the helm or answering questions, right? It's like a, a bro dude thing sometimes. And yes. Yeah. And I have a lot, there's a lot of women that I know who didn't, they were like, oh, I thought this was just like a dude thing, like a dude sport. You go play. And I'm like, no, women are in it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and you know, and I and you experience that everywhere you go. And but <laughs> you're in a pretty special place in Emporia. So I was in Emporia in 2016 for Worlds and okay. I remember going in with Eric into the old distribution center mm-hmm. and just being like, this is Disneyland for adults. Like, this is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I was so stoked to be there. And um, if, if for our listeners, if you haven't been to Emporia, this is literally a disc golf dream. Like you go into the gas station to get a, a bottle of soda or to grab gas and pay for it. And people are like, oh, what do you hear? Are you visiting? Are you here with disc golf? Oh yeah, I disc golfer. They'll ask you right away. Like, everybody knows about disc golf. Like everybody, even if they don't play, they know what it is. It's so cool. Yes. And people have got baskets outside. Yeah. I know doobies in town. Like if you make a putt on their basket and you, from a specific distance, you get X amount off your meal. Um, oh, cool. They like put it on the marquees, like, welcome, disc golfers. Yeah, they, everyone loves bike, um, disc golf, disc golf and biking around here. So, yes. Yeah. It's very cool culture. So it's, if, if anyone wants to visit Emporia, it's so worth it. Um, it's the courses, the people, like the vibe there is so cool. Our per capita of courses and just like, <laughs> I think it's a 45 mile radius it's probably i think it's like one of the most or something like that that's all courses ratio yeah it's like it's insane and we just put two more courses back in at jones park so wow did you put east and west back in it's a little, yeah it's just a little updated and we're debuting it at the glasgow and open in a few weeks next week oh my gosh oh my Wait. gosh oh my gosh <laughs> 
what day is it? <laughs> yeah, you're doing Glasgow and open for the AMS and then D DDO for the pros, right? Yes, the guy yeah. I'm just open is in June now. Yeah. And, and are you organizing both events or just? Yes. You are? Mm-hmm. And how many people will attend the uh, Glassblown? We have 500 signed up right now. Wow. I was really hoping for more, but I understand that it, it is without the pros this year. Yeah. Um, and it's a little different. It's just the amateurs. So totally, you know, totally understand that there is going to be a different number, but we still will have 500 players come to town. At one time, Clive, they had, when it was a pro-am, at weekend, I think like 1,700 people or something. We had players in, in town. Amateurs, yeah. It would be 600 amateurs and 200 pros. It'd be insane. Yeah. Yes. What What's the population there? Uh, 25,000. Okay. Without the college. Yeah. So, so that's quite the bump up. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, it is. And you went to college there then? That's how you, <laughs> yeah. And I, are you a local girl or? I lived in the area and went to college here. So I technically at this point, I lived in Emporia longer than I've lived anywhere else. Um, I've been here for 10 years. So I just, yeah, I'm from Emporia. Cool. I went to a really small school around here. So this okay. was bigger. <laughs> than... And it's crazy. You didn't know about disc golf until you got your job at the store. Mm -hmm. I was it's like, I know I've probably seen the baskets and just didn't register. Yep. So. And was yeah. that a career path? Like what did, what's your, what did you major in in university? What did you graduate with for a degree? I got um, my degree in communication. So okay. I originally emphasis in relations and public relation. Okay. Um, so when I got out of college, I was like pretty broad, like, um, Basically, I went to college to learn how to form messages, right? Like <laughs> communication <laughs> to all the different ways. Yeah. Um, and I did, I have had quite a few jobs too. Um, you know, worked fast food, did sales for a cell phone store, um, worked in our college marketing department, all kinds of different things. So I didn't really have a clear path. Um, of what I wanted to do. I know in high school, I really wanted to be a wedding planner or an interior designer. Okay. And I remember planning like friends' birthdays and like scavenger hunts and stuff like that. My mother's very creative. Um, she's always like been the DIY before Pinterest was like a thing. Yeah. Um, so was always very creative with that. So and you're then thinking, like, so do you find organizing events like that whole creativity, task oriented, organized, mm -hmm. find that that was just a natural thing when it came to sitting down and putting together a plan for um, GBO or DDO or worlds? Like, yes. did you find that a natural transition? Yes. And yeah. I had an amazing teacher. So mentor um, who had done it for years and years. So yeah, just kind of merging that together. And in college, I was on our union activities council. So even then I was planning events for the college. So somehow, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it's crazy how it's like, I took what I knew and then I just applied it to disc golf. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They're lucky to have you. I hope, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So far so good, right? <laughs> the eight years that I've been here. <laughs> have you got any aspirations or... A pathway where you'd like to be in the next two three years um i'm so this is kind of outside of work but it's disc golf related i'm attempting to start a disc golf club in emporia and that is to just invite more people to run events do clinics a more organized um disc golf kind of structure in emporia and then this kind of um aspiration that dynamic events like we kind of more focus on those larger events make it a little easier because I won't I won't tell a lie it's a lot to do the fundraisers the clinics the smaller events and the larger events just all of the time um so the just kind of moving more organized and maybe some sharing of what's going on in the community because I know people love it Emporia doesn't have like an Emporia disc golf club no Oh, we do not. And that's, and dynamic just kind of kind of sit all. And there's other 
there are um, teams and like Team Esco and um, some other teams like that in Emporia. Yeah. People who host events in the area, but nothing organized. So that's been uh, something I've been working on. <laughs> we, that's awesome. we have a monthly board meeting. We're not like, we're not quite there yet. We're going through by- bylaws and all of that. So then in the future dynamic, yeah, we can kind of maybe do these like flagship events and like have an events team. That's like my yeah. dream, like, like an events team. Yeah. Um, Sounds like yeah. you have it already. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. But those are, yeah, some aspirations of mine. And I believe the college has a disc golf team. They do. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it came up. We um, We sent a team from British Columbia. Well, not us personally, but um, people that we know from um, the lower mainland here. Mm-hmm. And they went down to, I think it was in North Carolina this year. They went down to the college championships. It was and... just at the same same course they just played this weekend at, at the Cove. They okay. hosted the collegiate national uh, championships. National championships two years yeah. in a row. So, yeah. and, I, and I believe there was a player from Emporia that, finished first in his division so I kind of noticed that I can't remember the guy's name but was it Cade maybe I recognize that name yeah yeah he, he's on the team and he works at our store downtown okay. cool and yeah we they were it was such a heartbreaker there at the end being like leading and then I think but they went to whole bogey on so the last proud, though like their first time there right yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah. They're really excited for next year already. Yeah, and they've got a great leader in Eric. Oh, Eric, yeah, Eric's their um, yeah. coach there, yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. So next year, Emporia is hosting the Masters. Of, uh, mm-hmm. And it's a Pro-Am Masters Worlds. Yes. Is that something that you're at the helm of? And have you started planning? Like, how far out do you start mm-hmm. planning for something like that? Well, you've got like DDO and GBO on your plate and Okay. <laughs> Look at you. She's put her face in her hands. Yeah. yeah I think this, this, inv- this is making you more stressed and reminding <laughs> you of things you have to do, I think. No. Um, yeah, we are already kind of, you know, having our conversations with the PDGA. We have selected a date. I hope I can swing it. <laughs> so, yeah, as we usually like as soon as an event ends we start reserving stuff immediately just so we know we have it Um, so I will start having those meetings probably after the glass went open um, just to get ready for master's worlds because within a month we'll be a year away from it pretty much um excited I've I've uh booked my room at Eric's so um, good good (laughs) I'm good. We're going to make our way down there. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. You'll have to come. Hopefully Denise and I's dream is like, would be to have the Emporia ladies open as like the women's event, like this big. And I was like, all the, all the women TDs can come help. We'll have it all over. Like, that's you know. amazing. Amazing. Cool. And that was the other thing I was going to ask you. You were a part of the Emporia ladies open you and Denise, right? Mm-hmm. And that was an event you take take on every October I believe yes we're in our fifth year this will be our fifth annual event and for a lot of the same reasons you know we just decided we were gonna start an event and we did it and we made it exclusive to women and our goal this year is 100 women and what did you have last year 80 last year so just 20 more I told everyone to go home and bring a friend (laughs) yeah absolutely and I'm I'm actually hosting a b-tier women's event in August I'm really trying to make the focus like I'm making competition a piece of it I just really want the focus to be like camaraderie and to Mm -hmm. uplift each other and support each other and you know have events where we can all come together right from the juniors to the age protected and just get to know people and just realize that we're not alone out there on the course. Yep. So what kind of advice would you give myself or any other female TDs? I know there's some others out there that are doing, I know there's a group in Texas that are doing a crazy cool series. They're doing C tiers, B tiers, and the first women's only A tier this year. Oh, awesome. Yeah. What piece of advice after doing this for five years, would you give that you think is valuable to, um, to the player and to the TD? To the TD, I would say go play a women's event. 
um, just to experience it and kind of see it and then play as many, well, don't play like a ton of events, but play events just to know what you would change or what you want to try, what you want to do. Um, and then rally the troops, <laughs> get them, get them signed up for your event as a player. If you're looking to get into the sport and you are a woman, women's events, ladies leagues, anything like that are the best thing. Cause like you said, the camaraderie, that is the number one thing I see at our event every year. It's so different. Women's events are such a different vibe. Totally. They throw a bad shot and they're like, yeah, it's okay. They throw a great shot. They're competing, but they're high-fiving each other, um, congratulating each other. Of course, the competition is there, but it's just so supportive, so much. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's hard to explain. You have to experience it yourself. But yes, if you're a tournament director and you're wanting to run a women's event, play a women's event. Um, and then if you're a player, play a women's event. They're the best to get started in. I, I really, I like, you know, I've been to the U.S. Women's Disc Golf Championships mm -hmm. and I just recently last year played in a women's event, which is then I'm taking it on this year. So it's kind of traveling. And I really just noticed the, um, it's a, like you said, it's a very different vibe. Women supporting women, they're feeling like comfortable to come and hang out. I noticed when you get to a mixed event, lots of times the women just kind of stick with their partner mm -hmm. or their little group of women that they came with and they're too nervous to get involved and not that men are intimidating but there's just a different vibe in the room when there's men in the room and yeah that's so I just that I, I've followed your event every year and kind of seen what you guys are doing with it I've bought swag to support it and um yeah and I've given it away I've given it to other women like what is Emporia Ladies and I was like hey like maybe we should check it out girls road trip mm -hmm. But, Girls weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, I just, as a female TD, again, just trying to check all the boxes for women, especially because I don't think enough's being done yet. And that's just my opinion. So the basics, like, honestly, the basics are thinking about a woman's rating and like what, what layout they should be playing yeah. and, and then like bathrooms. Yes. That's, I, I was waiting for you to say that. I, I just did a bathroom hall with Sarah Hocum and a bunch of other Canadian women. We were doing um like a, a women in disc golf leadership uh, kind of get together. And Sarah was our guest speaker. And she said the same thing. She's like, TDs, I'm going to normalize this. And I'm sorry, Clive, but she's like, I'm going to normalize the word period because it happens for women. And if you're a male TD, you got to remember, if you have 80 women there, we need bathrooms. Yes. And she too. said, you know, we can't just pop a squat, even if we have to pee. And mm -hmm. I know Sarah's been very vocal about that in the past. And it's, yes. yeah. And if I've been to events where all of a sudden I'm out there and I'm like, hmm, I got to wait two hours to pee. Uh, is, that's also a reason I decided because I had to drive. I was looking for a bathroom before the round started. And they were like, um, there's none over here. There might be like some open over there. And so I drove across the course. This is a bigger course. Like it wasn't important. I was out of town. Wow. Drove across the course, bathrooms weren't open. So then I had to drive. Um, I don't know. It was, I mean, it was pushing it. I had to drive to a gas station where where it was closest, you know, That's and then get back before my time. And so just thinking about that. And we were playing from the MPOT pads and we were being told to play faster and just things like that. And I'm like, okay, you want us to play. I'm like, I appreciate that you offered this um, division, but yeah. you only set it up for a man who can throw a thousand feet. <laughs> yeah. That's and tough. Sarah, Sarah made that comment too. She's like, if you find yourself on the forward tee pads as an FPO, don't be insulted, be grateful. She's like, because your tournament director thought about you. Mm -hmm. You're not on a tee pad that, where you've got to like rip your arm out of the socket three times and then lay up for your putt. She goes, yep. you're being given an opportunity to use your, your, your bag, use the shots that you want to use. So because there's been this push where women are like, we want to play from the men's pads. We want to be compared, but it's like, okay, well, it's a par, par four, 800 foot hole for them. So we can change the par and you can be exhausted at the end throwing, or we can put you a hundred feet or 125 feet forward 
And so, you know, again, trying to take away that stigma and normalize that FPOs won't always play the MPO uh, pads. And I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. I feel it's important too. And it's it not because they're slower or they're not as good a player. There's there's some science involved in it. Yeah, yeah. We just think they're as far. Yeah, that's exactly. Gotta yeah. think about the woman player, the junior player, the player who's older and maybe can't throw as far anymore. Yeah, like there's more than just the the men that are exactly and throwing far. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've got a couple of questions about volunteers. Um, the first one is I I come from. I used to be involved in youth soccer and we had such a hard time, even though Kamloops has um, a great set of volunteers. There are so many events and so many different sports now that getting volunteers is becoming harder and harder mm-hmm. um, and that we were actually paying kids, you know, minimum wage a couple of hours a day to relay scores back to the, the headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first part is how easy or how hard has it been to get volunteers for events? And the second part is to do with the latest tournament. I know that Kerry with the the crush that's happening here, the women's event, I think, and I, I'm speaking for Kerry, but let's get the men to do all the volunteering. Let's get them to do the spotting for their, their spouses, their partners, or the, the men on their, in the Kamloops Disc Golf Club come out here and help this event. Is that, so part one is how hard has it been to get volunteers? And two is on the women's events that you're organizing, do you kind of get the men to volunteer? Or- mm-hmm. um, so volunteer, getting volunteers has been kind of harder, but it also depends on, I think, the time of year and the event. Um, I know like the ask, like for Worlds, we asked for such a large number and there was a lot of people who just wanted to spectate, pay the 50 bucks or however much it was and just hang out. Um, so I think as spectatorship kind of increases for some things, it is a little harder to get volunteers because you can just go watch and pay some money, not have to do anything. Um, but we do have some really great volunteers who come back every year. And we have had to kind of change some of the incentive. We've all we've never not kind of paid our volunteers. Maybe we paid them in swag or vouchers or something, but we've never just like let them work for free. Um, I do think it'll take some brainstorming maybe in the future of like if we do kind of continue to not get volunteers we could do keep a list do early registration a discount like something like that in the future but right now we've been okay Um, when it comes to women's event we do get some some men who come out and spot some holes for us and then we have some who help like caddy help us set up the course different things like that Denise and I have kind of got it down to a science now but I definitely um call on some guys to help us get the course set up and things like that so you have your local tournament you're probably going to have local um volunteers Mm -hmm. for the worlds do you get a lot of people travel in to volunteer yes a lot of people who would travel and they wanted like a front row seat to the action yeah you know how cool is it to spot on hole 16 at the country club all day you know, exactly. see everyone <laughs> yeah. come out and yeah. play that so yeah there is the, like some incentive like that it was worlds yeah people were pros were here they wanted to be there for it but for like an amateur event how many people are you gonna get the yeah. one that, you know it's hard yeah. because if the pros are in town your ams are typically your volunteers but yes. if the ams are in town they all want to play yes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. and the pros aren't around right they're on tour or they're busy or yeah so yeah, volunteers um, are hard mm-hmm. I found last year for our A tier it happened really organically um people would come in after their round and be like hey I got an hour and a half before I have to pick up my kids at school can I I'm like here's flags you can go to hole two you need to spot yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so and like it happened like that like right now I think there's 15 people that have said they would volunteer on their registration not nice. any volunteers outside of players so 
again, we've kind of got it down to a science too. The holes that mm -hmm. really need spotting, people are coming before their round, people are arriving after their round. So, but yeah, it's hard to get spotters because like you said, they want to spectate. They want to see everything, right? So, yes. yeah. And what do you, what do you incentivize with? Like, do you have like a player's pack for spotters? Or do I mean I mean volunteers? I should say volunteers, not spotters. We do a little pack for volunteers. So like at Worlds, we did a little cooler, a stool, a hat. They get a shirt. Um, I think for the people who were doing live scoring, I gave them. I included a phone charger, like a portable phone charger. Yep. Um, for the dynamic discs open, or I'm sorry, the glass one open. We're doing something similar. A hat. They'll get t-shirts um, and some stuff from the player pack, like some discs and. That's cool. Just, just stuff like that. So, and then we also pay our volunteers with credit, store credit. So for every four hour shift they work, they get a $25 voucher to our store. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. We, it's, yeah, we kind of, we definitely give good incentive, I feel like. And just, even then it's like still hard to get volunteers. Like we'll give you stuff. <laughs> well, I would think. It would be really hard. I mean, we have we're in a city of around about a hundred thousand people, and we tag ourselves as uh, the tournament capital of Canada. So we have hockey, soccer. I mean, you name any sport, there's a tournament going on some weekend, whether it be from professionals down to youth. Mm -hmm. Every one of those wants volunteers, and so you kind of drain the the energy sometimes out of the people because a lot, a lot of the time it's the same people so i would think it would be right. with when you've got only twenty five thousand people in emporia um mm -hmm. and then a certain percentage of those are disc golfers a certain percent are just want to volunteer i would think maybe it would drain there'd be a drain there'd be a time where they'd start saying sorry i can't do it this weekend or right and yeah. we have another large event that happens in emporia it's called Unbound Gravel, and it's a bike, uh, gravel bike race, and they bring 4,000 people to the town to race, and then they have, like, 800 volunteers. Wow. So, yeah, it's, you're asking a small community to kind of offer a lot for a lot of weekends out of the year. Yeah. It's tough. I appreciate the work you're doing to, to, to get it done. And I'm noticing, are you at the new, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, everyone has a fancy office at the new warehouse. Where's your fancy office? Yes, I'm at headquarters. Yeah. And I am on the floor. I was upstairs and I moved downstairs because there's more space. Okay. <laughs> These uh, shelves sit here and okay. I always had tournament stuff. I guess there's a sneak peek of the, if people can read what's on <laughs> Oh, people will see this but we're we're audio only so okay, okay. yeah i've got boxes of um gbo player pack stuff in here i love it when people ask me they're like hey i won't tell anyone i'm like yeah ah, good try like yeah. yeah exactly so for our listeners if you've seen the new dynamic uh dynamic this warehouse all the beautiful offices are up above the floor and we're watching we're sitting with Jackie right now and she's like in a room with shelving and boxes and that's why I was teasing I wanted to know where her fancy office was but she had one and she's chosen to move <laughs> yes I went downstairs and it's it's still very nice it's just full of stuff because my old office I was carrying boxes up and down the stairs all the time just yeah and my office was smaller so it was like you would walk in and there, I would just be surrounded in and like on an island <laughs> It makes sense. Where where you are seems seems right and, for the events coordinator. So and and yeah. for my own um interest, is that a birdhouse over your left shoulder, maybe <laughs> or something? It's not a birdhouse. So do you know um Hand Eye Supply Co. Crispin Carrasco? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, he I run the Hand Eye Classic every year. And the trophies look like this. Okay. Every year okay. made a different material. And so he made this so that when we gave out trophies. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Good so, very yeah. creative, as you guys have seen his artwork. So yes. <laughs> he yeah. told me he was already working on um our outfits for this year. And I was like, okay, 
<laughs> I'm good. I like we were wearing cloaks and that, you know, just wouldn't be a hand eye event without some Christmas spin on it. It was <laughs> hard to see the depth on there. It looked just like a little kind of hummingbird birdhouse or something like that from a distance. Honestly, but... Maybe I'll just turn it into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, please don't message Clive and I because we can't even read what's on the boxes. <laughs> I can't. I, I so we my, we do I, not know what Jackie has in store for GBO. I put my um, some really cool volunteer discs. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah. nice! I'm very excited about those. Cool. Yeah, I've got my screen on the largest. You know, I've got a quite large screen. And I still can't read what was on the box. So, <laughs> I believe I sent you some questions. Did I? Yes, you, remember? you did. Okay. So, the first question is. I'm going to ask you, I'll ask you the questions about, because you've gone on your dynamic disc page, you've got your favorite course, um, yes. which we'll be talking about in a minute, we, favorite places to eat, um, mm -hmm. et cetera. But let's go to the questions that we ask all, I guess. And the first one is your dream card. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the thing about me is unless it's work, I'm really indecisive. So at work, <laughs> I'm like, yes, we're doing this. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> and when people ask me questions like this, I'm like, oh, I have to make a decision. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, so I chose if I could have a, like a card of five. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'm yeah. the fifth person. Okay. Yeah. I chose we're four. <laughs> okay, yeah. I chose four women, uh, Madison Walker, Tina Oakley, Erica Stinchcomb, and Paige Pierce. And I know them all personally, so that's why, because I think it would just be really fun. <laughs> have you, and it's an amazing crew. Have you, mm -hmm. you played with them before at all? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so it's like a dream card, but like technically I have played with them. But like in an event or something, it would be pretty cool. If you had to play one round mm -hmm. on a park course on a Sunday, relaxed, what disc? Probably the Saint. Okay. I love the Saint. Yeah. You can putt with the Saint. Can't putt with it, but no, you just have I to mean, park. You just have to park it. Just mm -hmm. gonna throw close enough so this draw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I was gonna throw a putter, it would be pure. And yeah, that's why sort of your favorite disc is the pure. And that's yeah. That's one one thing we have in common. I use the pure. I trust that thing in a headwind. I probably shouldn't, but no. <laughs> I'm excited to try it in the trilogy. It's coming out in the trilogy challenge, yeah. right? Yeah. I haven't thrown a pure before. So I love it. I've been contacting people and saying, hey, does anybody want a warship or a vandal? Because I'll trade you for your pure. Oh, the we'll vandal is great. Sorry? The oh, vandal. You, you, you'll take my warship, won't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll take the vandal. Okay. I'll trade you for your pure. Um, um. Yeah. <laughs> Here is a great disc. It is. I like it a lot. And the last question was favorite course, which is written down here in front of me, if it's the same one still. And, yeah. Peter, and Pan Peter Pan Park. Why? Because I like that it's technical. They don't have to throw super far. It's where we have the Emporia Ladies open. It's shady. I'm a ginger, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a great That's a really good choice. I love Peter Pan. It's such a it's a great course. It is. It really is. And it's technical. It's got a little bit of everything. You yes. can open up on it too. There's some long holes, but mm -hmm. you got to be smart with placement and yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. And a bucket list list course. Um Maple Hill. Yeah, I know that's like that. Generic, that's, but well, no, no, that's, that's mine. mine. But it's beautiful, right? Like I've seen pictures. I haven't really played a whole lot of disc golf outside of Kansas, so yeah, anything yeah. different would be amazing. I just watched Simon Lazart dropped a video right after his win uh, yeah. at the Music City Open, where he plays what they call the glory red, white, and blue hole. Red, white, they go red, white, blue holes, red, white, blue at Maple Hill with just a glitch, and he's awesome bombing those things 300 feet they did lose some in the water though but it was like I, the the course looks tough very tough even when they're doing the shots from the reds through some of those trees but it's definitely i think a course that everybody would like to play i think i just like to walk around and like 
Posidus, you know, again. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to sit with the eight holes and uh, watch the pros throw in and cheer. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you giving up your time, Jackie. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Have a great course. discussion. No, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to come next year and I'll be one of those players that'll be like, I've done my round. You need me, need me to do anything? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. So we've got a holiday planned. So I think we're going to fly into Charlotte and do some South Carolina, North Carolina, mm-hmm. do Bowling Green in Kentucky on our way, maybe rip over to Georgia and check out the Disc Golf Center. So yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to make a big vacay out of coming to World. So I'm That's pretty awesome. Excited. Yeah. It should be a good time. I'm, yeah, I'm looking into stuff. Um, kind of liked the live music aspect that we did for Worlds. So maybe something like that too for Pro Worlds. We'll see. It just kind of- The Masters are like, we had this conversation with Jen Allen actually, because she said she loves Masters events because it's the old school feel. Like there's that parking lot vibe. People want to hang out. They want to have a beverage. She said, you know, you don't get that on the Pro Tour, Pro Worlds. Everyone's like- very focused and it's about going home having a meal next day mm-hmm. she's like the masters you could, we're all we all remember what it was like when we first started playing and so i'm really excited for that like to connect and when we were there in 2016 um we hung out at mall ready's every night and it was yeah. very cool it's a great place because you know wait a couple of the pros would come in and have a cocktail or a drink and we get to visit and mm-hmm. it was such a cool vibe downtown no matter where you walked you bumped into people and yeah it's pretty cool yeah, we'll do a block party and all that good stuff. And I'll try to think of some activities at places. You know, we have an axe throwing place now too, which is kind of cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, That's I just want to make it. I want to make it a special experience. Still, cause it's worlds. Yeah. But yeah, because like when the juniors come, we're like go kart, miniature golf, like yep, zoo. Yeah, so it'll be fun to think up some new ideas. Sweet. Well, I, I look forward to it. I anticipate it. It's going to be fun. So And I'll get to meet you, hopefully. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, um, thank you. I appreciate it. And um, definitely a name to watch for our listeners, Jackie Morris. She's <laughs> TD extraordinaire and uh, making things happen out there as a female and Personally, that's if anyone knows me, that's kind of what excites me to see happening in the sport. So, Kerry, Jackie Morris, another female TD. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts? Um, she's obviously doing an amazing job down there for, for someone who I am guessing didn't ask her age, but in 2015, she was a, a senior. So let's say she did a four-year degree. She'd be 22-ish in 2015, eight years. So she'd be around about 30, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah su- such a, I mean, we're calling it young because we're older. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, to be TD or assistant TD of the world, you know, when you're 29, 28, 29, 30, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's, it's awesome. And it was really cool to hear her say, like, the things that she thinks about and it's just a small group of them that plan and because not that I feel justified in what we're doing but I feel like okay we're not blowing it you know like (laughs) it's a small group of us that's we're keeping it a core group to keep decisions easy and quick and um I agree with her I you know she said stuff like the once the event happens becomes easier and that's that's exactly it like right now we're two weeks out from TCO and it's it's go time and there's some stress happening and it's all self-induced for sure. I know everything will be fine, but yeah, it was really just really nice to hear someone who's run an event of that stature, a couple of them kind of feel the same way I feel like right now. So yeah, it was cool. That's cool. What I liked is we've talked, we've talked to everybody we've talked to has been wonderful, but the FPO and MPO players are used to talking to people. They're probably doing a podcast every week or every couple yeah. of weeks. And if they're winning, yeah. they're doing more podcasts. Um, but we have someone on here, and I know Jack has appeared on podcasts before, but someone who doesn't get the spotlight and doesn't, you know, probably appear. So it would you could tell that ju- just an, a, a genuine 
yeah. young lady doing a job and you, uh, we, we saw her on video and you could see a reaction to some of the questions and the smile and the covering of the face with the hands and exactly yeah, it, very it, it was genuine. Very yeah like no canned answers right like no. the fpos and the mpos get asked these questions probably the same ones we've asked they've been asked five times yeah. or six times or whatever yeah. we were asking this question to jackie and it's you know we're having these conversations and it it was just so pure and genuine like it was very not not that the mpos and fpos aren't it's just they're a little more practiced like you said right yeah so this was more like sitting down with like behind the scenes this and they don't get enough credit and yeah yeah i think i think it's kind of a cool a cool conversation to have and to let the other people our listeners the players know that you know this is legitimately something that happens to make your events playable like there's TDs out there that this is their job yeah like, yeah and and that's why I like you were talking about canned responses um I don't feel that we necessarily we might ask some questions but I think our format of just being conversational yeah. allows because we weren't certainly weren't disparaging any of the guests on the show by saying no and that I, they I had canned canned isn't, canned isn't I, no, I, no I totally understand what you mean but um I I like our format where because I'll ask a question and then expand on it as well. And we have episodes coming up and we can tell you who's coming up because we've got them recorded. While Kerry was sick, I had a tour of Tokyo with um, Scott Stokely. So we'll have Scott back on the show for the second time. We mentioned while talking with Jackie that about Jen Allen, Um, Jen Allen comes on and you'll find out how great that conversation was and how, how emotional and genuine um she is um and then well oh um, this morning we also spoke with nate sexton and that was a great conversation as well Um, yeah we got we got some great guests coming up and i I should retract what i said i didn't mean canned but you know you say to someone that's like nate or um holland so uh, tell us how you got started in disc golf they hear that question all the time yeah. so it's super easy for them to respond yeah it rolls off the tongue it's you know they say it enough times they've kind of you know they can yeah. it's it's there whereas talking with jackie today she's not asked these questions all the time you know yeah. so yeah and I, and I wish people could have seen her facial expressions like when she threw her face into her hands when i asked her that question i had to share that because it was like it was literally her response she was like you know, you could see it. So yeah. And I, I apologize. I don't mean canned responses. I mean that they've no. just answered this question a lot before yeah. that it just rolls no. off the tongue. It's no, I, I, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Totally. Okay. And yeah. No, I wasn't, I wasn't calling you out on using that. Um, no, I just wanted to, I just wanted to let our listeners know that I, I, I don't take for granted having any of these people on my show. No. And I don't, I didn't mean it in that, yeah. that way. That's so, okay. Yeah. No. So again, Thank you for listening and Okanagan Disc Supply are our sponsors for the show and you can go to okanagandisupply.com get 10% off if you use Flight Pass um, as the discount code and if you're ordering from Canada and it's over $100 you get free shipping and yeah, if you got just phone Dan and he'll find whatever you're looking for if he doesn't have it in the store. Awesome. Okay. See you in another two weeks. Well, I'll see you before then, but all right. I'll see you on Zoom. Not in I'll see you not in person in two weeks. Not in person in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and hope you're feeling better. Thank you. Take care. Okay, bye. bye.